Go with me to Isaiah 40, 1 through 5. It says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Twice over for all her sins. But listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and the hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. It's then that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. Everybody say it with me, together. The Lord has spoken. Father, we thank you for your word. We honor and reverence your infallible word today. And we ask that you would open the eyes of our heart and help us hear what the spirit of the Lord would have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. His word is so good. I want to kind of talk you through this scripture. If you've been with us during this series, or maybe it's your first time with us, so you don't know what the series is about, but we've been in a series called Brick by Brick. And we're talking about how we have to rebuild after storms. How many of you know that storms will come in our lives? If you are human and you're walking this earth, get ready. The storms are coming. In fact, there's one going on right now outside as we speak. But we know that we can rebuild. And it starts with us. It starts with our faith. And every week in this series, we've been building. And today, my assignment is the topic of preparation. We've got to prepare the way of the Lord. I remember when uh, Jimmy and I bought a house. Well, we've been married 21 years. We've had the four, we've been fortunate to have four homes together, three of which we built. And those, yeah, God, we were flipping homes. All that's just been one of those things that we've been blessed with. So watching the process of building has been amazing. Like you go to the land, you pick your land. It looks amazing, but it's like lopsided. There's lots of big trees with root systems that go really far underground because those trees have been there for a really long time. So the, jo- the construction, construction company, before they can build the foundation that the house will be built on, they've got to clear it all out, excavate the land, level out the land. Kind of sounds like the scripture we're talking about. It's got to have a, like, it's got to be flat and leveled out, cleared, before you can build a foundation that will last. And I don't know about you, I've had homes that had faulty foundations, leaks, flooding in the basement, not fun, throws us off our game. But I believe that as we prepare our hearts in this season through prayer and fasting, there's still more work to be done. And I want to build on that today. The, preparation, the definition of preparation is to make someone or something ready for some activity, purpose, or use. To make yourself ready for something that you'll be doing. To make ready for something that you expect to happen. 
I expected a house to be built that my family could live in and grow in. Live in and grow in so the Holy Spirit can live in us and dwell in us. We've got some work to do to prepare for him to do that. Now, I want you to understand the context of the scripture. Uh, Chapters 1 through 39 of Isaiah, there's war. The Israelites are being punished twice over for their sin. And at the end of chapter 39... Uh, Isaiah's talking to King Hezekiah and he's like, guess what? Women are going to be killed, raped. There's going to be, people are going to be taken captive. The children, your children are going to be taken captive. War is at hand. People would be displaced. Times were so uncertain. I'm reminded when I think about our current times, how uncertain they are. Crazy stuff is happening in our world. There was so much condemnation in chapters 1 through 39. But then here comes Isaiah in chapter 40. He hears from God and he's like, comfort the people. Speak tenderly to them and tell them everything's going to be okay. Their sad days are gone. And you know what? Your sins are forgiven. Like, we've rec- I've reconciled it. You're good. That's what God is saying. Take comfort in the fact that you're forgiven. But there was still a war going on. Times were still uncertain. But the Lord specifically told Isaiah to say that though the war was still going on inside us, around us, the people of Israel, as far as he was concerned, the battle was over. The battle was over. And the battle church is over for you though it may look crazy around us a storm around us the Lord is saying today that the battle is over see we've got to take comfort in that and Isaiah was saying listen there's someone coming that'll prepare the way for the Lord to come he was speaking about John the Baptist John the Baptist amazing man of God called with a special assignment to say repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was his main message, to tell the people of God that Jesus, the Messiah, the King, was coming. So it was time to get ready. Everybody say, get ready. ready. The King is coming. And his ministry was to say, prepare the way of the Lord. And see, a lot of the time we think of repentance and we, we think of the word sin and we think it's a bad word. Like, we get kind of freaked out about it. And Pastor Rashad preached last week that it's not a bad word, y'all. It just means that we miss the mark. We're all raggedy rag dolls without Jesus. All of us has fallen short of the glory of the Lord. We need Jesus. But the good news is, Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There will be we will receive his mercy and we will find grace. He, we will find grace to help us when we need it most. He helps us when we need it most. He says, come boldly. At, don't, you, you may feel shame, but daughter, son, it's okay. I have forgiven you. There's someone out there watching online right now, and it might be you. You are thinking to yourself, how can I, this sinner, this broken person, Come before a great and mighty God. He wants you just the way you are. Flaws and all. 
Someone always comes to prepare the way. Like think about it through the scripture. Someone has to help us get ready to prepare for what God wants to do in us. Our pastors, our leaders. In the scripture, John prepared, I'm sorry, Isaiah prepared for John to come and preach the word, prepare the way for Jesus. Then John prepared God's people and said, repent, be baptized so that God, you can prepare your hearts for God. Then Jesus came and he prepared the way for the Holy Spirit to come. Then the Holy Spirit prepares the way for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God to be revealed in and through us. See, the days of prayer and fasting that you did was preparing a way for the God to speak to you, opening your ears so you could hear him and preparing a place in your heart to be in relationship and close proximity with him. And it's through that sacrifice and that time that he will come and his kingdom will be revealed. I promise you. God wants to do something special in you and through you. Are you willing to do what it takes to prepare for him? To get honest with yourself. Because we all are raggedy ragdolls and we need to prepare for the holy God to come and reside in us. See, preparation always precedes revelation. Preparation always precedes revelation and he can't reveal himself if we're not ready to receive him. See, John the Baptist... <laughs> The assignment on his life was so important. I mean, think about it. He came, uh, you know, he was in Elizabeth's womb and Jesus was in Mary's womb and Mary came to visit Elizabeth and their assignments were connected. And G uh, John leapt in his mother's womb. Literally an angel revealed himself to Zachariah, his father, to tell him and announce that John was coming. That's how important his assignment was. That's a pretty big deal. Preparing the way for, by repentance, preaching repentance. And he wasn't speaking, what I found was interesting when I did this study, he wasn't speaking to um, new believers or people who didn't know God. He was speaking to God's people, people who already knew God. Kind of sounds like us church people who say we know God and love God, but might be far from him, if we're honest. We come to church, we do for God, we serve, we tithe. We're all about the business of God and doing for God. But we are not being with God, if we're really honest. And our hearts are not in the right place. We're walking around unaware, church, of our true heart condition. That's who John was talking to. The people who thought they had it all together and they had this Christian thing all together. He said, repent to them. Turn your hearts so God can move in your life. So I wanna ask you this question, what are you prepared to do in this next season for God to move in your life? What are you prepared to do in 2021 and beyond? What are you preparing for? I want you to ask your neighbor or write it down. Are you prepared? Go ahead and ask your neighbor, are you prepared? Are you prepared? I want you to write it down if you're home taking notes. Like, think about it. Get honest. Am I really prepared for God to move? 
See, expectation coupled with preparation equals revelation. Pastor Stephen's been telling us all through the fast, you've got to expect God to move. So expect and prepare, and God will reveal himself. See, how many of you know about um, just a dirty house? Anybody have a dirty house from time to time? Is it just me? Well, every once in a while, I have the privilege of soliciting some help from an amazing cleaning team and company that come help me because I have three kids, three um, and four of people, which includes my husband, who have ADHD in my house. We can be, it just can be a wreck at times. And believe it or not, like uh, ADHD, my husband, seeing a mess is like ringing a bell in his ear. It get, makes him agitated. So sometimes I need to solicit help. So the cleaning people come and help me out. And I have three bulldogs, y'all. Yeah, it's a lot of work and I can't take seeing hair. I will not have the house that smells like dog. Not gonna happen. So the cleaning people are coming and I have to prepare for them. I can't let them just see what I got going on. Like, I make the kids tidy up your room. You got to clean up before the cleaning people comes. It takes us like two hours as a family to get ready for the cleaning people because it's not the cleaning people's responsibility to clean up my mess. It's mine. I got to take ownership over my junk. So as we prepare for the Holy Spirit to come, for God to come, for Jesus to come into our hearts. I believe we have to do four things, four essentials for preparation that I want to leave you with today. Number one, reconciliation. Isaiah 41 says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Your sad days are gone. Times are still uncertain. You still cry yourself to sleep at night. Still have to have hard conversations. And it's rough. It's bringing you lots of anxiety. But your sad days are gone. I remember being in uh, my recovery. So I'm five years, three months sober from alcohol addiction. That is my testimony. And I am grateful to the Lord for my sobriety. My family has journeyed with me and God has done a miracle in our marriage, in me, in my children and brought healing to us. And now we travel the world sharing of God's goodness to help others recover as well. But let me tell you, back in the day, a couple years ago when I was about three years into my sobriety, I still felt guilt and remorse, tremendous guilt and remorse for some of the things that I had in my behaviors and some of the things I had said and done during my crazy making, my disease of alcoholism. My husband and I had gone on vacation and I had ruined many a vacations by having one too many. Ended in arguments, horrific. We went to Hawaii this beautiful paradise, and I ruined the whole vacation. I got there hopeful, but I couldn't stop what I was doing in the sneaking and hiding of alcohol because I was in an addiction and didn't even acknowledge it and didn't know it at the time. Jimmy and I fought. It was a horrible time. Th three years later, Jimmy's like, I'm sober. Our family's doing great. Let's go to Hawaii as a family. I'm like, I don't want to go there. We've got really bad memories there, man. 
He's like, no, I feel like we need to take the kids and redeem that moment. God can reconcile a moment. Reconcile simply means change or exchange. And what we did was we went back there and had an amazing time. I was present. I was sober. We had a fabulous time and we exchanged bad memories for good ones. God is so good. Reconciliation involves change in relationship between God and man and man and man. So my situation in that particular moment was man and man. Like we, God reconciled that. He exchanged it. But then, you know what's beautiful about our God? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, because of change or reconciliation, we become new creatures. New creatures. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So good news, y'all. We're forgiven. We are new creations. Everybody shout, new creation. I am a new creation. And God is here to just do that exchange with you and reconcile you back to him. See, church, the price has already been paid. Jesus died on the cross for you, for me. He was bruised for our transgressions. He was nailed to the cross, y'all, whipped and flogged and abused so that we could receive him and enjoy eternal life with him when we receive him as Lord. He paid the ultimate price for our sins. We are forgiven. I think that's good news. I think that's worthy of a praise, a clap offering. God, you're amazing. Thank you for the reconciliation of the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for paying the ultimate price for us. See, reconciliation was God's move, church, but repentance is our move. Reconciliation was God's move. Repentance is our move. That leads me to number two, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Version because it puts it like this, Isaiah 40, 3 through 4. A voice of one is calling out, clear the way of the Lord in the wilderness, remove the obstacles, make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for God to travel on. Every valley shall be raised, every mountain and hill made low, and let the rough ground become plain and the rugged places a broad valley. Our response to God is repentance. See, step number nine, I'm in, I work a program of recovery, and step number nine talks about making amends to those we have hurt, as long as making amends does not hurt them, right? So I had to make amends to my children. I had to sit with my family and listen and empathize with them in order for healing to come in their lives. I had to sit with them and hear how they, the, my behaviors had been painful, hurtful for them, traumatizing at times. Then I said, I am sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. I went into their world and I experienced their pain from their point of view. It wasn't just a flippant, I'm sorry. It was a change in behavior. I took action and I stopped drinking and began working a program of recovery. That is true repentance. It's a, 
de- it's a decision to turn. You're going one direction and I'm turning and going another direction. It's actionable. And this is at the core of us being ready for the Lord. Remember, sin is not, it's just, it's just that we miss the mark. And so we're gonna miss the mark. So guys, we gotta be aware that for the need for repentance. Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 2, verse 4, do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and forgiveness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, to seek his purpose for your life. That tells me a lot about how we're supposed to, uh, you know, conduct ourselves. Like, we can't be walking around unaware. We cannot. Our secret sin, y'all, God already knows it. It's not a secret to him. You may be keeping it a secret from your spouse and hiding it and from your friends, but it ain't no secret to God. He already knows. If we get honest... What is it? Is it bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment in your heart, jealousy? Are you jealous of your coworker? Are you jealous of someone in your family because they bought a house before you, they got married before you? What is it? Are you actively in an addiction that no one knows about? I don't know what it might be for you, but I want to listen to the word and not get stuck in our religious habits and feeling like we got it all together and we're, we're okay. Repentance, to change our inner self, our old way of thinking, and seek his purpose for our lives. It's not just about feeling sorrow. It's an active choice. It doesn't come out of the blue. We must be aware of the need to repent. Maya Angelou just finished the book, Why the Caged Bird Sings. Such a good book. And she, there was, I was reading it and it said, there's a moment where we are ignorant that we're ignorant. Then there's a moment that we're made aware that we're aware. Let that be that. Let this be that moment. There's a moment where the Holy Spirit's like, boom, you have a problem with alcohol, Irene. As much as I denied it and fought it, I finally came to grips and terms with the fact that I had a problem. Now, it took an intervention. It took me going to rehab. It took me going to intense outpatient. It took me going to trauma therapy because there were a whole lot of things that let... I didn't just wake up one morning and say, I want to be an alcoholic and hurt my family. No. It was a process that led up to that. And so me acknowledging the trauma, the sexual abuse from my past, the verbal and physical abuse in my past, the things that led me to drink and try to numb and medicate, becoming aware. I was ignorant for so long. I didn't know that those things from my past were impacting my present. So I had to do the work. When we repent, we prepare for God to work in and through us. So to prepare for God to move in our lives, we've got to have reconciliation, which he's already done. We've got to repent. And number three, 
reverence. Routine, see, we get in the routine of doing, 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 doing for God. I'll, do, I'll pray. I read my Bible at this time. I'm doing all the right things, right? But repentance moves us from routine to reverence. A voice of one is calling out, clear the way for the Lord. Clear the way for the Lord. In the scripture, it goes on to reference Lord for times in just five verses. The Lord wants us to see this emphasis today. The name Yahweh was used to describe God by the Jewish people. It was a reverent name. In fact, it was so reverent that they, when they wrote it down, they would leave the vowels out. Yahweh. They reverenced the name of God to the degree that they would leave the vows out. They couldn't even write out the whole thing. My question for you today, church, we've got to evaluate. Do we really reverence him? Do we really understand his sovereignty? I know we'll never fully comprehend in these earthly bodies the magnificent, magnificent nature of a sovereign, omnipotent God. But I don't know about you, I want to just see his glory. I want to be like Moses and cry out to him, show me your glory, God. Whatever I can take while I'm here on this earth, show it to me. Make it manifest in my life, your glory. Reveal your glory. But we've got to prepare for him to reveal his glory. How many of you have used a lot of DoorDash during COVID? Oh my gosh, it's become my best friend. So the doorbell rings in the beginning, and we, oh my gosh, I had so many packages being delivered that literally I started ignoring the doorbell. You know, you, when, when you DoorDash, you expect the doorbell to ring, someone gets up and goes and gets the food. Got to the point where we stopped going to the door and we would forget there's food out there. Just the doorbell rang over and over and over and over. And my father-in-law came over one day and he was like, um, hello, is anybody going to answer the door? He would send me a text and I got up really fast and ran to the door. I'm like, hi, dad, how are you? Come on in. See, my father-in-law, I honor him. He deserves a greeting of honor, not a, you're here again. Oh, like, I've got to greet him and honor him and show him in and give him due reverence and honor. And I believe that's what God's presence requires from us. It requires our reverence. Isaiah 33, 5 through 6 says, Though the Lord is very great and lives in heaven, he will make Jerusalem his home of justice and righteousness. In that day, he will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. The ESV version says, and he will be the stability of your times. He will be the stability of our times. See these uncertain times we're in? He wants to be our sure foundation. He wants to be our stability. But the key is, do we fear him? Have we invited in the king of glory? See, 
when we make him first in our lives, we come to church and we, you know, we honor him with our tithes and offerings. We make him first. That's honor. We're honoring him. We're reverencing him. See, reverence is not, fearing the Lord is not about being scared of God. It's about having an awe for his presence and awe for how big and sovereign he is. Does that make sense? It's like a respect and a submission to his authority and power. It's an acknowledgement of that. And when we do that, the Lord says that we'll unlock wisdom and knowledge. I don't know about you, but who wants some more wisdom and knowledge to walk this earth? Jesus, help us. See, reverence leads us to number four, which is revelation. Revelation. Isaiah 45 says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. See, his original intent was for us to uh, restore glory in his people. He wants to reveal himself to us. So we have to remember that expectation plus preparation equals revelation. Expectation plus preparation equals revelation. His glory will be revealed on this earth and simply put, the glory of God being revealed on this earth is simply the manifestation of his presence on earth. Simply put, it's the invisible qualities of God being made visible. The invisible qualities of God being made visible, tangible, manifest in our conversations in our bodies, he reveals himself and heals us. In our minds, when he quiets the negative thoughts, the verbal abuse we have towards ourselves in our minds, the invisible God made manifest here on this earth means revival in our land. The book of Joel says that God promised to pour out his spirit upon all flesh giving us power to prophesy, dream dreams, and see visions. We don't have to over-spiritualize this. Like, literally, he wants to make himself manifest in your life. He wants to give you vision for your future. He wants to tell you which job you should take and which uh, significant other you should partner and do life with. That's him manifesting when we are walking in obedience. And we receive the reward of that when we honor and we obey what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Yep. How many of you want the manifest glory of God in your life? By show of hands. Yes. We all want the Spirit of the Lord manifest in our lives. The Lord promises he'll reveal himself. That we will experience joy in the land of the living. Joy is yours for the taking. Happiness is yours for the taking. Freedom is yours. When the manifest glory of God shows up, we'll see what we've never seen before. We'll have fresh perspective. See, God wants to do immeasurably more than we could ask or think. Ephesians 3.20 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power at work with, within us. 
To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus and throughout all generations, all generations. In Jesus' name, I just pray that the spirit of the Lord would be manifest in all of our lives and it would be revealed. So we've got to reflect on Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. We've got to reflect on the book of, on, on a John and his mission. Repent, get ready, get ready, get ready for God to move in and through us. But we've got to do our part. He did his, he reconciled us. But we've got to repent, we've got to reverence, have an awe and a submission to this holy God that we serve. And then he'll reveal himself. See, my preparation has always equaled revelation in my life. The more I worked my disciplines, my program of recovery, the more the Lord revealed himself to me, brought healing. There was a gift for me to find every day that I committed to my process of recovery, went into AA meetings and heard stories, testimonies of what God had done in other people's lives, that he delivered them from this disease of alcoholism, that he delivered them from overeating. He delivered people from uh, shop, the shopaholics. People, some people literally are ruining their marriages, their credit, their lives because spending is a thing for them. I don't know what it is for you, but today is the day that you can give that thing to God and say, God, I don't want this thing to take me out. I don't wanna end up in rehab like Pastor Irene because it creeps up on us. It starts out as just a little habit, do it from time to time, a glass of wine to take the edge off. That was my story. And it crept up on me and became this big monster that almost took me out and took my family out and my church out. So y'all, we gotta get honest, we gotta get real. Are you ready for God to do something new in your life? I wanna encourage you, I love how it starts out saying, the sad days are gone in Isaiah chapter one, your sins are forgiven, right? Chapter 40, verse 29 through 31. I love the way he bookends this chapter with such encouragement. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. I know you may be weak and tired out there, but God's here to meet you. Even young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Church, God is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And if you would like for me to pray and cover you with the, just the, the points of this message, and you wanna stand with me and admit that, you know what, God? I need to make some preparation in my heart for you to move. Would you stand with me if you believe that in your heart? so we can pray together. Father, I thank you. Let's lift our hands to the Lord as a sign of surrender. These are spiritual antennas. God, touch us. God, speak to us. God, forgive us. We repent for not honoring you, not reverencing you and the work you did on the cross for us. 
gracious and merciful God, may we prepared, be prepared for your, the gifts you've placed inside of us to be released on this earth and made manifest. Bless us as we come. Bless us as we go. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. But for the most important person who may be watching online or in this room today, maybe you've heard me share today and you're like, you know what? I want to know that Jesus that forgives. I want to know for sure, for sure that I'm going to heaven and going to meet him and spend eternity with him in forgiveness one day. And you want to take that action step to say, God, I want to know you. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then we receive Lord, the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I want you to pray with me in your heart or out loud wherever you are on the planet. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you suffered and you died for me, for my sins and my salvation. You suffered on the cross, you died, and on the third day you rose again. So today I receive you, I walk in forgiveness, I walk in power, and I say I am a new creation in Jesus' name. Let's give it up for all those who gave their lives to the Lord today. The angels are rejoicing. Come on, church. People came to know the freeing power of Jesus Christ. God bless you. I love you all. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.